What's going on guys? My name is Rango Lee. Welcome to the Bless Boulder Show. Episode two today, we're going to be talking about my family journey now getting to America and the struggles we have to deal with just trying to make a life for, for ourselves in America. And uh, I also want to introduce you to my co-host. She's riding shotgun all season long. The awesome Mylin fam. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi, Ringo. <laughs> What's going on, Mylin? <laughs> Nothing much. Just here yeah, today. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. As you guys can see, we're wearing the Stop Asian Hate t-shirts. We want to bring some attention to this really important topic. There's a lot of uh, hate crimes going on against our Asian people right now. And uh, it got to stop. So we're using this platform to, um, you know, bring attention to it. Um, make sure everyone's safe out there, especially our elderly people. So, uh, you know, we, we just can't stay silent. No, no, no. I mean, the thing is with us, you know, being, um, we're Asian, you right. know, Asian American. Um, you know, we may be the quiet ones, the ones don't that doesn't like confrontation, the ones that, a little bit more silent, but we're not, we're, we're strong, you know, right, um, right. we're just, we just like to create peace and not fear in people. And so I feel like because we're so silent sometimes and because we, like you said, we're just, we don't speak up as much as we would like because we want peace in this world that they, a lot of people think it is a weakness, but it's, right. but we're not weak. We're very, very strong, you know? Um, and so I just wish that, you know, and I hope that all this stops just because we have so much going on in the world right now to to do this. Why? You know, right. why? Right. Yeah, we've been through a hard last 12 months. Everybody as a nation dealing with COVID, the, the, the protests, the elections. It's hard for a lot of people. And now we're dealing with this? I know. Come it's, on, man. Uh, well, you know, we want to tell you, our people out there, stay strong. Um, Stay safe. Be safe. Look out for each other. Have each other's backs. And you know that we can do more, right? We can't just stay around, sit around and stay silent. So if there's a protest, attend the protest. You know, let, let, let's, let our voice be heard. Social media, you could uh, post some stuff and say some stuff to, you know, uh, stop the violence. Please. And uh, we can even go a step farther by, you know, protecting our elderly people and each other in public by maybe thinking about, you know, carrying a weapon, if you're comfortable with that, like, you know, mace or... I mean, we hope we don't have to get to that no, point. But again, why? Why get to that point? I'm telling you, I just don't understand why we have to get to that point. Because... But uh, I understand why we need to. If it protects ourselves, If you know? we're there. But again, um, you know, I see us as peacemakers, and I just hope people don't take advantage of that, you know? Yeah. So... I feel we, for our elderly people, you know, yeah. our, our uh, senior citizens, it's... Uh, and you know the 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 a lot of the hate crime goes towards them because yeah. they can't protect themselves, and you know those 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 people that are doing it, you know the people out of fear really or just hatred, um, they're picking on the weak. So that's why I think you know if you have some elderly people at home, <sighs> your loved ones, you know make sure they walk in twos or in groups. Maybe some of us uh, walk around in Chinatown and stuff like that. See them walking. We can walk them to the store. Yeah. Watch their backs as they're walking home. We Maybe do some nighttime like safety walks. Something. Something. You know I mean? We gotta create something that makes us feel more safe, especially not just for us, but it's our parents. Imagine, I mean, that incident in Chinatown, you know, with that woman. <laughs> but thank God she had that stick to beat that guy. You know, she defended herself not right. because she wanted to, but because she had to save herself. Right. That Seventy-year-old grandma. Woman, and she yeah. beat him up. Yeah, you know, he got the, the worst of it. He did, but again, like. 
we sh- it shouldn't have to get there. It shouldn't no. be like that. And when I saw that, the first thing I thought about was, oh my gosh, my mom, you know, yeah. she goes to Chinatown. She goes to all those places. You know, we own a restaurant. So, you know, she works so hard and, you know, she just randomly, if you know, if something like that were to happen to my mom, I just, I don't know what I would do. I mean, right. it would break my heart. And, you know, it's just, why? We, 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 don't we went through so much no. to get to America you know to and now we're dealing with this and and uh but you know us as asian people we've gone through a lot and we're going to get through this you know so together. stay strong together and you know how to defeat hate is with unity with love, love with um you know moments like this where we're speaking out about it because we can't let hate win so and you know yeah. but now honestly mm-hmm. i understand what our black brothers and sisters be going through right yeah. Like yeah. we, we're getting a little bit of it right now and they've been going through it a for centuries, decades. And yeah. uh, so we still stand strong with our Black Lives really? Matter family. And uh, yeah, let's all get this th- through this together. Stay safe out there. Yeah. So let's start with your story. All I right. mean, this all is right. what well, I've been waiting somber. for. <laughs> I, you know, oh, shake it off. Oh, I feel like all that, oh, in my body. Do you feel that? Uh, yeah, we need some like incense oh. now to kind of like wash off the, sage. the, 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 sage the, it all. Oh. the dark. But uh, yeah, let's, let's get back to the light. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I really, um, you know, this, uh, this episode here is going to be, uh, quite an episode. So, I mean, I want you to share, uh, you know, all the struggles that you went through right. and your family has gone through when you got here to the U S yeah, it was one thing getting to leaving Vietnam, almost mm-hmm. passing away, dying, you know, in episode one, now in episode two, it's, two, it's, it's a whole different set of struggles once you get to America, right? Mm-hmm. My mom and dad, not educated. I think they had like elementary school level education in Vietnam. Didn't mm-hmm. speak a lick of English. We didn't have no relatives that took us in and provided for us. So, you know, they, they just, you know, by sheer grit, determination, will, uh, made it happen. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So what happened was, so we left, we got to America and we got sponsored over to Fort Smith, Arkansas. 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 S- on the... S- Central. S- Central of the U.S. Central U.S., yeah. It, Known for so chickens and... <laughs> mainly chickens and hot weather. So, let me see. Arkansas is here. Then what? Montana and... Next to Texas, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, right okay, next yeah, to Oklahoma. So, in, you know in where this that area is. here. Okay. And, uh, you know, it was interesting times. Uh, <laughs> I just remember it being really hot. And we lived in the... Actually, in Arkansas, there, there, there weren't the projects there, but they were for low-income housing people. It's called Allied Gardens, these, these apartments. And my family lived there because we couldn't, we didn't have enough money to live regular house. Well, anything, you guys just flew over just with nothing. Over. Yeah. And thank God, uh, we got help from a um, Vietnamese Bible church. Oh. So out, out of all the places in the world, you know, the, the, the Christians, and I'm sure a lot of Buddhists too, but in our journey, Christians... Uh, helped us out a lot and they just helped get us settled and helped get us going and um, so yeah I just remember going to church every Sunday and having fun there because that was the only Vietnamese community you saw in the whole city of Fort Smith Arkansas because it's mostly uh, Michangs you know uh, Caucasian people white people right yeah some black people but mostly uh, Caucasians and so it was nice to kind of have a nice Vietnamese gathering place in Fort Smith Arkansas Oh, nice. I've never been to Arkansas. No, you were painting that vision. Chickens and mostly Caucasians. Not too much there. 
not so much. Not so much. A lot of land. A lot of land. Right. A lot of land. You, you think right now is uh, right now it's building quite a bit? No, <laughs> Just, no, there's a real estate side. In Arkansas. <laughs> you know, no, no, you don't think we can build houses in Arkansas could, and make it like the it's thing? About, <laughs> it's about opportunity. There's limited opportunities. Uh, you know, farming. Yeah, it's farming mainly them. farming, or you're working at the chicken factory, and. So I just remember growing up, you know, it was fun days. It was summer hot days. You know, me and my brother, John, we were like, uh, we are almost like twins. So, uh-huh. you know, we would go down to the river and catch crawdads. Oh, Yeah, fun. crawfishes. Yeah. <laughs> we call them crawdads in Arkansas. Wait, how do you, do you just stick your finger in there and like pick no, it up? No, you turn over a rock. A rock. You, oh, you, you just turn over a rock like a and, crab, like yeah, a little baby crab. Oh. Yeah, we caught so those during the summertime. We never ate them or anything. We just... Put them in jars and stuff. And do what? Do what with them? Just put them in jars and I don't know. They release die? them or they die okay. later. You know, oh, man. kids. Or we kids. raise chickens. <laughs> <laughs> we raise chickens. Uh, that's, that's good. That's what I remember about my childhood: uh, holding chickens and these uh, chicken fights, cock fights, and stuff oh, like that. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, I heard stuff. about that stuff. <laughs> but stuff. it's kind of scary holding. They're feisty. Yeah, chickens are feisty. Yeah. Yeah. Chicken fights. So then, you know, when I was little, I didn't really know what my parents did, except for I know. First business my family started to make it in America to make ends meet with we mm-hmm. my dad started a landscaping business. Oh yeah, to yeah. to um, make ends meet, and I remember my brother John used to having to go work with them. Uh huh. And John was at the time eight nine years That's old. That's old enough to work. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. a bigger guy, yeah. so he got he had to go work my you know free labor. My dad appreciated that, yeah. and and we did that for a while, and then and then my mom and dad. I know it was, you know, we were, we were tight on money. There was uh, still uh, limited opportunities. But when they, my dad got a job at the Whirlpool plant, that's when we kind of made it. Oh, the war, wait, wait. Whirlpool. It's oh, the, like, the, dish, the brand yeah. Whirlpool? The dishwasher, refrigerator? Stuff? Yeah, they made dishwasher oh. and Whirlpool. And then, you know, now he's getting a steady paycheck. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about benefits or anything, but... They probably do. You know, big companies like that, probably. Big company. And yeah. then I don't know what my mom did, but I do remember then at the time, she was doing odd jobs like restaurant work and stuff like that, mm. kitchen work, dishwashing. And then she got a job at Tyson Chicken. Yeah, which is a steady, you know, job. Yeah. And then that's when I remember my family kind of made it, uh-huh. right? We, we was making steady money. We wasn't struggling. I remember it was a good time for my family. And then we bought a uh, house. Nice. Yeah, after, I, I don't know, maybe five years living in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Do you remember the house? I do remember the house. What does it look like? It was a three-bedroom, one-bath, probably 1,200 square feet, okay. Rambler. Okay, typical. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. Super beat up, right? Oh, they didn't have no yeah. money for, like, a really brand new, a real brand new big house, but you know my dad fixed it up really nice. Aww. Actually, it was so nice it was in the Fort Smith newspaper. No way! Fort Smith newspaper saying, wow. And it was, the, the article said turn turning home house to home or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's he so cool. Flowers did he, everywhere. Oh, did he keep the the newspaper? Was it a newspaper article or was it, it was a magazine? newspaper article? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you guys save it? Yeah, we have. I, I don't know. I, I'm gonna dig it up, but I remember oh. my sister Julie. Yeah. When they took the picture for the photo she was standing in the in the window uh-huh. looking out at the photographer oh that's kind of cute their, with their little bow haircut oh that's so cute all, all the little asian girls had the bow haircut yeah that's how you do it you put the bow there and you cut shout it shout out oh, to the moms yeah. that, and the <laughs> daughters that had to had to rock the bow haircuts oh yeah. my gosh and the guys did too yeah i do remember having a bow yeah. haircut if you don't have it you're not cool no 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 now we just shave the sides <laughs> and leave the top yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah, that's 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 our story from you know when we was in Arkansas and how we kind of made it. Cool. But then, so if I can freeze time, yeah. 
I'll take my family back to that moment because I remember how happy my mom and dad was. Uh-huh. We, you know, we had like two cars. We were having steady jobs. You know, we're making it in America. We're surviving. We're thriving. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why we didn't just stay there because it was good times for our family. We just bought a house. Aww. We're happy. Yeah. We like did. We went on weekend trips up to the Ozarks and went swimming at the swimming holes and went to dinner. You know, it, it was good times for our family. It sounds like the life that you want. Like, it was a life. Yeah, we, that you want. It was living the American good. dream. Yeah, American dream. Yeah, we, you know, we was low in, uh, in Vietnam, almost dying. Then we made it to America. Yeah. Bought the house, and now, I don't know whose good idea it was, but <laughs> my dad <Mom>. said, "No." <laughs> my dad said, "We're gonna buy a restaurant. <laughs> We're gonna oh. open a Chinese restaurant in Arkansas. In Ar- Fort Smith, Arkansas. Okay. And this was 1985 <laughs> when uh. Chinese restaurants were starting to get popular. Uh huh. And then I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but then my mom went along with it. They both quit their jobs, uh-huh. and they was at the Chinese restaurant all the time. That, it's it. so much. I never saw them. Oh, I just man. remember never seeing them. Yeah, but the restaurant business is hard. Especially if you're going to build it. If you're building it, it's hard. You're there all the time, committed, seven, twenty-four hours in seven days. Eight nine in the morning till ten at night, seven days a week. Oh. You know. Oh, let's, let's give some love for all the restaurant owners. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> Remember? Where's your thing? Yeah. You, where's your, Shout out to all the restaurant your heart? owners. Where's your heart? I don't know. Is that a heart? Oh, You're that's like, a heart. Yeah, <laughs> My bad. Come on. Shout, shout out, out to, to all, all the, the restaurant owners. Shout owners. <laughs> yeah. Chinese restaurant owners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And... Um, but, you know, I think what it was, was my mom and dad, you know, they were, they were making in America. And they wanted more. I think who doesn't want more, right? And things were good, but things could be great. Right. And I think they 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 wanted that greatness, so that's why they traded in the two normal jobs mm. for the opportunity for wealth, which mm. is to own a restaurant. Yeah. And I just remember it was really hard times for my family owning it. The restaurant was called um, Golden Palace, which ah. is <laughs> very nice for a Chinese it is. Yeah, Golden Palace. <laughs> Golden Palace. Who would want that? And they had free labor, so my brother John. Yeah. So. My brother John, he was eight, nine. Uh-huh. He 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 was a dishwasher in the restaurant uh-huh. in the back with my dad, and then my sister Jackie. By this time, she's fifteen. She was working the front. She was the um, host and cashier. Yeah. My mom was the waitress, and mm. so we had a full you staff. Got it. And full got service. The, <laughs> yeah, but I remember that time for my family, especially for me, it was really hard yeah. because I was I would come home from school. And then my mom would pick up all of my siblings, my two brothers, my brother and sister. And she'll pick up my younger sister, Julie, which was set six at the time. So she couldn't do nothing, but she couldn't stay at home with me yeah. because I couldn't take care of her because I was only like eight or nine. Yeah. And so they, she took them to the restaurant and I would stay at home by myself Aww. for like, I think like two years. No. Yeah, every day after school, I'd stay home by myself because I was kind of in between where I was too young to work at the restaurant. Yeah. And I was too um, old. And I could stay at home by myself and watch myself. Yeah. So you were by yourself with no adult? No adults. No way. For like two or three years. So you were such every a day good after kid. school. Oh no. my gosh. You were such you, you listened to your parents, you stayed home inside. <laughs> no, I was bad. Remember there's no supervision yeah, now. Oh, so you you were bad. Yeah, I remember oh. um oh, no. And I was skinny too. I never had dinner. For some reason I ne- I just never ate. Kids, man. You know, you know, kids don't eat unless if you're not you force forced. Them. Yeah, if you're not yeah. forced to So skinny. Eat. I remember one cool thing though. Every every evening when it started getting dark, yeah. somehow my mom left me a dollar every day. She yeah. just somehow hooked me up with a dollar, right? <laughs> yeah. And I, I saw that as the sun was about to go down. I had a I had a bike, uh-huh. and I would ride 
the bike like five ten minutes to this laundry mat that was uh-huh. up the street from my house yeah and i would buy a bag of chips uh-huh. for 50 cents and a soda for 50 cents uh-huh. <laughs> that was your dinner that was my dinner no i, I won't eat it there uh-huh. i was like wait till i get home <laughs> and to eat in front of the tv <laughs> you had and it I, a bag of chip and and uh soda I, I, you got to see a picture of me when I was yeah. little. I was really skinny and you dark. Knew, you you re- find that picture. I, I'm going to find the picture see, and See, even it. with a bag of chips and a soda, you were chillaxing. Look yeah, no supervision, yeah. just doing whatever. And then uh, another bad thing that happened was somehow you know, I was in second or third grade, no supervision. And I had... So the, no one's still home. No one's home, right? So Everyone's at the yourself. restaurant. Okay. Everyone's at the restaurant. And um, I had the bright idea to go shoplifting. So I, I was like in second or third grade. You don't grade. remember the, the why. I remember why. Okay. I want to know wanted, why. I wanted, I wanted lead pencils. I wanted <laughs> the mechanical <laughs> pencils. Out of all things. <laughs> right. Those are cool because they, they cost some money and my parents never gave me money. So mm-hmm. I wanted these mechanical pencils where you put the lead in. You yeah. Push yeah. It and I know like about it. Comes I, out. I thought it was cool yeah, when I went to school. Yeah. And so I grabbed, grabbed my boy and I was like, hey, let's go Safeway. Let's go shoplift. He's like yeah okay let's get some uh he didn't know what we were doing he was just following my lead we get there we still like handful of lead pencils oh my god he steals them steals them i steal them we walk out and bam we get caught by like the security of safeway and these guys security was serious they wasn't playing games maybe i should have caught something else they wasn't playing games they handcuffed us Oh, man. And then, you know, we're like, dude, we're like seven, six, seven years old. They handcuffed oh both God. of us. They take us, they put us in the back of the cop car. You didn't beg? You're like, I'm so no, sorry. No, I was crying. I know, you I'm didn't, a kid. You didn't beg? You guys didn't beg? My I'm buddy so begged sorry, so and sorry, he was crying. No, no, they, they were oh, like, no, we're taking you to man. jail. And so we're back in the cop car. They're taking us to jail. Oh, my gosh. And so I, I still, at that point, I'm still like, like, it's just really happening. You know, my parents are going to kill me, you know? Yeah. And then the cop in the car said, yeah, I say I asked a cop, what kind of food do we eat in jail? <laughs> you know, I'm a kid. I'm like, you know, how, how much time are we gonna do, right? Oh, no, my gosh. And he goes, you get a, you get white bread and if and water. That's all you get. I'm like, oh damn, man, that doesn't sound good. Then he goes, if you're good, sometimes you get Kool Aid. Oh, and you're like, okay. <laughs> I was like, like, all right, that sounds a little better. Then I just started crying. I, mean, I was so Aww. sad that we had to drink. Uh, eat uh bread and kool-aid but did you though so they no so they took us to jail right which is like the county courthouse Uh and then my they called our parents and our parents came picked us up and man i got my ass beat by my mom and dad when they found out yeah that generation yeah yeah i can imagine what happened oh my god yeah go pick your stick outside in Uh the bush you better put on a couple more pants (laughs) put on a couple more pants you're gonna get a whipping boy oh my god (laughs) so yeah so going back, you know, and I'm sure my siblings were suffering with it because, you know, my my siblings, they should be at home doing homework, uh-huh. uh, playing outside in the yard with the kids. But they were at the restaurant because mm-hmm. my mom and dad, they needed free labor so our family can come up, you know, mm-hmm. become successful. And so, so I'm sure if you ask them, they probably hated that time, too. Aww. And um, I don't know what happened, but this restaurant was really struggling. Aww. My my parents, they, they didn't have experience running a restaurant and... And I'm sure, I don't know, the food didn't taste like good how good Chinese food would. And if you're slow, you sometimes sell the same food the next day. And well, I'm you gotta make ends meet. Sometimes. Trying to make ends meet, right? Stretch, yeah. stress the dollar, stress the, the the product. Yeah. And I remember it was really hard times. Uh, they were arguing a lot. So um, you know, I wanted it made, to, it made the relationship. Like, it strained the whole strained, relationship. Yeah, for it does. T- two or three years, you know, for oh. my family. But and that's that's chasing the American dream, right? We wanna. 
you know, they couldn't just go work for somewhere else, you know, to you're not going to get ahead by working for someone at minimum wage. Yeah. So they're chasing their American dream, trying to, you know, take a risk. Yeah. And uh, so this, what so this what risk backfired. Oh. You know, they're arguing a lot. I remember yeah. um, I rem there was a moment at the restaurant where I was there that day. I think it was on the weekend and uh, they're arguing about money. And then my dad. You know, he put some hands on my mom and it was Aww. really physically abusive and i'm i'm six years old and yeah. i but i remember i you know, i remember how i felt mm -hmm. and i felt like scared you know i felt uh, sad for my mom and she was she was you know getting physically abused you know and um yeah it was hard times for my family during that restaurant dang that chinese restaurant <laughs> no but you know you do remember you do you know with failures there come successes well, they say fail forward, right? Yeah, fail forward. Well, that's why I, so, I would never open a restaurant in my lifetime because you of that You gain experience, and then you learn from that, and you rise. Yeah, you rise. You know, yeah. we wouldn't be talking now about the experience uh, of owning a restaurant, what it takes, how hard it is if it uh, is. if my family didn't go through it. We own run. We know yeah, the you, struggle. Yeah, you own, your family owns yes. a restaurant. And <laughs> it's at unforgettable you guys in north bend <laughs> shout out to north bend unforgettable if, if you you're guys, in the area if you're in the area hook my parents up <laughs> amazing amazing asian vietnamese fusion a yes, little bit yes. really good drinks simple clean good drinks good food um passionate about what they they deliver and what they serve so shout yeah. out to unforgettable unforgettable <laughs> i had to sneak one in there <laughs> okay no ours i wish ours was ours was very very forgettable because it didn't <laughs> work out so going back to the the moment of the restaurant, they were arguing a lot, yeah. and then I remember that carried over to home life. They yeah. were arguing a lot. None of us saw them. All the kids are struggling, and um, and so after a lot of the abuse, my mom couldn't took it no more. So she took. Aww. So the restaurant shut down. You know they tried their best. There's no money. The restaurant shut down, and. Uh, they say, I don't know the statistic, but it's really high statistic of why people divorce, husband yes. and wife divorces. Mm -hmm. I heard it's like 70% of the time is over like finances. I believe it. And then the other like 30s infidelity or something, but it's really high because of money. Oh, it's always either about if you're going to divorces, cheating, cheating, finances, or uh, infidelity. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Those things. Yeah. So, so my parents, you know, my mom wasn't going to take it no more. Yeah. And I saw the abuse. And that's why I told myself, I'm never going to be like that. Yeah. And uh, so she took us to Portland. So she's like, I'm done. We're separating. So she took me and um, the four kids. Mm -hmm. Richie wasn't born at the time. Uh -huh. She took us to uh, Salem, Oregon, which is yeah. a suburb of Portland. Yeah, I know where that's at. And man, we started over. That's like the second time we started <laughs> over. I'm telling you. We moved in with my um, dad's sister. Yeah. And after two weeks, it didn't work out. So she moves us into this little apartment. And I remember, I remember it was hard when we first got to America, but it was really hard when we went to Portland Oregon. or Salem, Oregon. Uh -huh. We were like sleeping on the floors on like a cardboard because we had oh, no dang. money. Cardboard. And we just lost wow. the restaurant. No oh, yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom's trying to raise like four kids by herself, uh, right by herself in Salem with no <laughs> help. My dad's not around. Yeah. And I remember for six months, again, Christian organization Aww. somehow hooked us up with like boxes of toys and some food and Aww. and I remember me and my brother didn't go to school or anything and my mom was just sad because like she just you know it was she's it was, trying her best she's trying you know, her best with what it is she's trying her best yeah and then uh, um 
And then somehow my dad talked her back into coming back to Fort Smith, Arkansas, uniting, yeah. and he's going to change. So we moved back to Fort Aww. Smith after like a year struggling in Oregon. This we were glad that happened, that that was uh, that that was over. And so now we're in back in Arkansas. Uh -huh. And Wait, wait, from from Portland and back to Arkansas? Yeah, now oh. we moved back to Arkansas <laughs> you know, to Portland. try to make it work, right? <laughs> yeah. Uniting the family. And... Uh, I don't, I remember those, they were arguing a lot again. So Aww. I don't know what happened, but then now my mom's like, all right, you didn't change. Mm -hmm. I'm out of here. So that's when the moment she's like, I have a start over in me right now. We can, I can either move to Orange County, California. Mm -hmm. You know, that Orange County, there's a lot of Vietnamese there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I've never heard that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Orange, the, like Orange, the, Orange County, yeah. Or Seattle, Washington. Mm -hmm. So we knew a pastor that moved to Seattle, Washington, a little ahead of us. And it said the weather's better in, Calif in California, but the pastor was in Seattle. He could help us out so we could uh -huh. make a decision. Both places have a lot, a lot of opportunities for the kids to grow up. Right. Way better than Fort Smith, Arkansas. So my mom made the decision last second that we're going to move to Seattle, Washington. Yay! So we, yeah, yay, so we yay. packed up the bags. We, we had a guard, uh, yard sale. Uh -huh. We sold the house. Yeah. Um, we sold the house for $25,000. Uh, what did you buy it for? Uh, no. I don't remember. No, no. Like <laughs> $10,000 or something. Uh -huh. But we sold it for twenty five, And then I remember was, we were about to get into the car and we're leaving. And it, it was a really hard time for... Uh, uh, my family with my dad, we're leaving him, right? He's yeah. he's not coming because it's not working out. And I remember he went around to every kid. <laughs> he went around to every kid and begged us if we could stay with him. Like Aww. he went to me. He's like, hey, you know, stay with daddy, you know. Aww. <sighs> That's hard. Yeah, it was hard. <laughs> but I'll... <coughs> Excuse me. But I was like, nah. Imagine if it was Wyatt or something. Or some, I mean, just saying, it'd be with my kids too. I remember doing that with my mom and my dad. So I totally understand how you feel. It's hard. It was hard. I was nine, ten. Mm -hmm. I knew what he was asking, mm -hmm. but I couldn't do it. You know, I'm, I love mom. You know, yeah. mom was way closer to me than dad growing up. Um, you know, my dad has, uh, you know, me and him growing up, I didn't really like him that much because he was never there. He was, Aww. he was physically there, <clears throat> but he wasn't mentally there. He wasn't like a normal. You know, American dad, like, play ball with you, take you to your games or yeah. take you on the weekends or anything. He would just be at the restaurant, I remember, or at home sleeping. That was, like, my dad. And, you know, then him, you know, uh, abusing my mom, you yeah. know, made me not like him that much more. Mm -hmm. So there was no way I was going to stay with him. So but all the kids told him no. But now that you think about it, him working so much and him sleeping because he's so tired. Yeah. Like, what do you think about that now, reflecting back to... You're like, I wish I had a dad who played ball with me. I wish I had a dad who did all these things with me. I mean, what do you think about his, like, what his actions then? Yeah, you know, now I have, actually, the last five years, my relationship with my dad got really, really close. Um, uh, God bless his heart. He passed two years ago. Mm -hmm. But, you know, five years before that, we got really close. He he came back. He moved to Vietnam, and, and he was a rolling stone. He was doing his mm -hmm. thing. But, you know, I really appreciated that... He worked so damn hard for my family. He don't, he might not say I love you, yeah. but you know by his actions, he showed us that he loved us by just working. You know, yeah. and trying to, you know, and then him getting sacrificed into uh, leaving Vietnam alone with you know twenty people that yeah. you know, so we he can get to a refugee camp to sponsor us over. You know, he definitely tried a lot. You so know? when you see it, men are different. Like even including my dad, 
men show love differently than right. women do. So sometimes we do point our fingers because I did it with my dad too. Mm. Especially mm. Vietnamese dads. I know. Like. They just don't express it by words. But as kids, we don't see the actions. You know, we just see an ongoing routine. You know, the, we don't know the depth of what they do. They, they do things. Mm, they may not say why they do it, you know. So as now as adults and being a father yourself, you know. Yeah, it's tough being, you know, it's tough being a dad. And yeah. So, so we, so we got on the plane yeah. without him and we went to, we moved to Seattle, Washington and uh, that was 1990. I mm -hmm. was 10 years old, I remember. And again, Christian organization, <laughs> shout out to all the good Christian organization, yes. spiritual organization, Buddhist organization that help a lot of people out. Mm -hmm. They took us in. They found us a house right by Northgate Mall, uh, two bedroom, one bath house. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, five siblings now yeah. and my mom. And I remember the first year <laughs> they was paying our rent. They was taking us around to sign up for school. And I, I, I was like, yeah, Seattle ain't bad. It's pretty nice here. It does rain a damn lot different than <laughs> Arkansas. Not as hot. But, you know, we're, we're, it ain't that bad right now yeah. since we got to Seattle. They gave us uh, clothes and food. But then after a year, they couldn't sustain that, right? They're like, yeah. you guys got to work and, you know, go get on sand on your own. And my mom was alone and she couldn't do that. Yeah. So then uh we found we we had to move somewhere so we moved to the seattle housing projects mm -hmm. it was called cedarville mm -hmm. shout out to cedarville all my cedar villains back <laughs> in the days cedar cedarville oh, C cedar villains did you make just make that up <laughs> we call oh, ourselves villains? The cedar villains <laughs> and and now we moved into the hood the housing projects uh -huh. and it, that's where it was pretty it was pretty rough there it yeah. was it was pretty rough that was where we're like wow uh this is poverty you yeah. know, this is food stamps. Yeah. This is other kids that don't have their parents around or like dad's not home. So, you know, you mom's trying to figure it out. And that's where like my siblings and I, we started dealing with a lot of, uh, you know, now we're starting to be 11, 12 years old. Yeah. You know, now we're dealing with gangs and drugs and violence. That's around the age. And my mom was never home. She was working like two jobs. I remember her, uh, she had main, two main jobs. She was mm -hmm. a dishwasher at... At, in Chinatown at this like <laughs> cafe uh. and I remember sometimes I'll go with my sister to pick her up like at two in the morning wow yeah because you know the cafe, cafe would get this? out it was called a uh, Saigon it was kinda... super hooded back in the day I remember <laughs> there was like shootings there all the time oh, dang, it's but my mom was a cook in the back she was not a cook wow. but a dishwasher or yeah, server yeah, yeah. or something so we'd pick her up and then another job she had to make ends meet was she would clean offices at night oh yeah so a lot of most of the time she would go alone, but sometimes she would ask me to go with her because uh -huh. she said she would be scared of ghosts. Oh. So I'm like, man, I don't want my mom scared of ghosts. Late at night. Yeah, I'm scared of ghosts too. <laughs> mom, I don't know if I should be going. Uh, so what happened? Did you guys ever end up seeing ghosts? No, we never saw ghosts, so but she was scared of ghosts. So she took me along with her. We would like be cleaning bathrooms yeah. and offices, vacuuming. Sometimes uh, she'll take my brother, my sister. I don't remember. It was hard times. It was, yeah. you know, we're in the housing project, right? Yeah. So then after that, my dad, I think we've been now. Can we talk about ghosts? Yeah, you want to talk about <laughs> yeah, ghosts? I don't want to talk about ghosts. What, how, that's, I have a curiosity. I mean, because when you said that she's afraid of ghosts, did she ever tell you why she's afraid of ghosts or have she seen ghosts? Why would she be afraid of ghosts? You know, I think just growing up in the Vietnamese culture, you know, 
all of our parents or older siblings talk about jing uh, ma. Yeah, that means like uh, mean ghosts and Vietnamese ma. ma. And it, we just grew up on that stuff and it was freaked the hell out of me and everybody, all my siblings growing up, like it was just a part of growing up. They would tell us stories of it. Oh, and we so, so there scary. wasn't, I mean, she'd never seen any though. I, no, we. I don't think we saw some, mm-hmm. but you know. Have you? <laughs> I experienced some some stuff in the. Uh, well, yeah, you know, as real estate agents, we do see some really crazy. Yeah, homes. yeah, I did. Yeah, as a, um, I remember one time there was this house that I was listing. It was in Shelton, Washington, yeah. which is like super country, woodsy area. It was like out there in the woods, and uh-huh. I was listing it. It was a short sale, so like uh, no one lived there for a couple years or a couple uh, a year or two. Uh-huh. And I, the house was clear. I walked in there to do something, and the the um, the 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 water turned on in the the bathroom. It was like just turned on while I was there. I'm by like, yourself. By yourself. I was like, Whoa. did you see the knob up and everything? No, I didn't see the knob <gasps> go. I just saw the water go on. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> so I booked, I tailed out of there. And There's no way it could have been not a ghost, would it? Would it? I mean, sometimes um, it's in our head. Who knows, man? But, but you heard I was the wa- scared. Did you see the water? I running? saw the water <gasps> turn on. In front of me, and I was like, and I was freaked out. So, thank God we sold the house eventually, and I never never had to. But go you back listed there. the house, or listed did, the house. Oh yeah. my gosh! Do you yeah. have to disclose things like that when you see it? No, right? No, yes? no, no. no. <laughs> I think you only got to disclose things if it's a violent murder that happened oh. in the house. A violent murder. Yeah. Because you know, natural you, deaths are okay, right? Because that's natural, yeah. like you know. But violent murders, uh, yeah, you might have to disclose that. Yeah, well, the thing is, if the seller doesn't disclose it to you, you don't know. Or do you have to ask them? Is that a question that you would ask? Sorry, this is a real estate question. <laughs> just because I want to know. <laughs> you should. If it's violent, no, you don't ask them. If they, you don't don't they want to tell you. Probably in real estate, less to know is Less you know better. is better. Okay, <laughs> less you know is better. Because I have clients who ask me. I'm like, I'll ask them. Because right. I don't know. You yeah, know? yeah, I don't know. Yeah, interesting time. <laughs> but anyways, so, sorry. So, Backtrack. So going back to the housing projects. After two years, my mom and dad, they split up. And then my dad, he made up with my mom somehow. <laughs> sweet talked her. So he followed us up to Seattle, and he li- he lived in the housing project with us. Uh-huh. So it was it, lo- it got a little bit better when he got there because uh, now he was working, helping to provide some money for the family. And so I remember just him being gone for months at a time. He would go up to Alaska, be a fisherman for Ooh, like months at a time. That's so, a good job. That's a okay, good that's job. Good. Dangerous number one, dangerous job. Is okay. it? Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I think it was number one. Yeah. yeah, so sometimes we won't see him. Sometimes we see him, and he'll just have tons of money when he comes back and <laughs> buys whatever he wants. So we, we appreciated that. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was just the housing project days was was challenging. Um, you know, we didn't have money. My mom was really brave, but she was also very cheap. <laughs> she well, never she had to be frugal. She had to be frugal. Yeah. So I don't I don't blame her. So yeah. we never got anything growing up. No Christmas presents. No new clothes. I would wear everything hand down from John and. I don't know where John would get the clothes. And then, <laughs> Have you, did and you ever then, ask him? I'm kidding. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he stole a lot of them. We, we did live right by Northgate well, Mall. We did go shoplift a lot. Uh, um, so at the time, John would, he, he wouldn't even be home. I remember he didn't live in the project with us hardly. He would live oh, in like Beacon Hill with his buddies and would take oh, the bus wow. down there. So he was doing his thing. We got, me and my brother, John, we got smart. We never got into gangs, but we hung out with a lot of gang members. But For we, the protection? Just be protection, or they're our <laughs> friends because they live yeah. in the housing project with yeah. us, and they asked us to join. But we just no, like, no. why would we just join one color? And yeah. so we're always smarter than that. Oh, that's good. That's so John good. John hanging out at the pool hall, be a wang, 
Yeah, I yeah. always hear about gangs and stuff, but as a girl, I guess there's not much like that. But you hear about boys most of the time, gangs and yeah, not like too that. many girl gangs here. Was it like Bloods and Crips or something? Yeah, those like the OLBs, uh, I don't know. <laughs> the Oriental Local Bloods, oh, and the YTs, uh, young, young UISBs, young Seattle boys. So you just make up whatever and you call yourself like a gang. Yeah, but you know. I, it was necessary, right? Because mm -hmm. remember the wave of immigrations that came over in the 90s, the immigrants that came over in the 80s and 90s, they were Asian. Yeah. And people pick on, like right now, people pick on Asians because they're different, they're smaller, they're, they're whatever. So they, these guys had to form gangs to protect themselves in the neighborhoods. So I get it, right? Mm -hmm. I, I get it. And mm -hmm. uh, a lot of our friends were gang members. So we were dealing with that. Uh, stealing cars. Remember, we don't have anything. These are all housing project kids, right? Yeah. Now we're like 12, 13. We want stuff. We want nice clothes. We want to go to the movies, but we had no money. So oh. what are you going to do? You have to hustle. You know, you <sighs> have to, you know, sell drugs. I remember my friends used to sell. Now weed's legal, but back then they were, weed was illegal. We, yeah. they, we sold it all the time. I wasn't so much drug dealer like they was. I just sold a little bit, but not. they were like, you know, they were moving some stuff. Yeah. Um, and then and then we got a little older and then they moved into crack. Hey, we're selling that's crack hard over stuff. on the, yeah downtown UW the Ave. That's crazy. Selling crack, I will uh, I will watch out for them, make sure that you know cops ain't seeing them. Yeah. Like we were doing some dirt at like fourteen or fifteen well, years old. Imagine you guys were doing that. Imagine what the kids are doing now, yeah. and how young they're doing it. That's that's what scares me as a mom, as a parent. It scares me so much when drugs are involved because. You know, once you get into that, it's so hard to get out. Yeah. If drugs, you use it, it's even worse. You know what I mean? Because you live. That's, man, you just, oh. Yeah. It was, drugs is, drugs is interesting. You know, it's, it's, I think it's a part of growing up young, like, you know, experimenting, you know, when you're 18, 19, 20, college. Yeah. You know, I think it's a little part, a healthy part of being a young adult. But the risk, though, with drugs is addiction. Some right? people can't and get look, out of it. Can't get out of I'm it. Just like, telling you, that's my know, worst fear. you know how addicting Coke is or heroin no, or Molly? I've never, I never tried Very it. Very addicting. <laughs> I've never I, tried it. I don't know how addicting it is. I'm, I, I never know? tried it either. It's just, I've heard from my friends it's really addicting. <laughs> and alcohol, too, right? That's, yeah. that's a drug and all that stuff. But, yeah. So, but we were dealing with that like 13, 14 years old, you mm -hmm. know, smoking weed and selling weed and crack and stuff like that. We were bad kids. We were housing project kids. Yeah. So I remember my mom was very stressed out. You know, now she's still holding two jobs. My dad's not home. He's in Alaska. And my, my brother, John's in Beacon Hill, and I'm over there. <laughs> you know, and then I got, you know, doing my thing. She knows what's going on, but she can't stop us because she's not home. To yeah. stop. And then my, the only ones that were pretty good was Richie. Really? He was like five. Oh, so he he's was, so sweet, and he's still so he's, sweet. He's a cool, cool, yeah. cool, cool person, cool dude. Uh -huh. uh, but at five, you know, he's so he's just running around the neighborhood, so no, no parental guidance, you know, doing his thing. But he didn't like follow you guys. No, he was five, right? Uh, but little brothers like to follow big brothers a lot of times and like copy what they do. No, nah, we didn't I mean? want him to follow us around. Oh, good. You know, he's five <laughs> so years old. Home. What's he gonna do? <laughs> Richie, go home. There was one funny story about Richie though. Uh -huh somehow he followed a bunch of housing kids there was like <laughs> three or four of them they're a little older like seven or eight years old uh -huh. they were going to the mall Northgate mall which uh -huh. was like three blocks away and richie followed them there oh my god i don't know what they were doing at the mall right uh -huh. but somehow he got, he lost them at the mall and then so me somehow we're hanging out in the housing project and we see a cop car pull up oh dang richie's sitting in the back of the cop no car way. with a yeah with a cop hat on though. oh he had, so he, he probably got lost and then some the cop gaming came out of the car and he's like 
hey, I don't anybody know who this kid is? <laughs> He's just the cops just knew to bring Richie back to the housing projects because oh he looks like maybe one like of the kids that live kids? there. And oh. we're like, yeah, that's my brother. I'll, I'll take him. <laughs> Oh, they, oh my gosh, it's so crazy. Yes, thank God, like nothing happened to him. Yeah, or he, like, got lost, he got or lost, s- yeah. got jumped. You know, that's one of the things. You know. Well, he's five years old. I don't know. Well, you never jumped. know. Because we lived in the projects and I hear people getting jumped all the time. All the time. And if they're and different. That. Yeah. That's why people join gangs, right? Yeah. And then, my, at the t- then at the time, my sister Jackie, she was the only one that was pretty stable. Mm-hmm. At the, by this time, she's like 18. Mm-hmm. She's just going to high school and college, but she's still in the projects. But she was very hands-off as a older sister. She wasn't like a second mom. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes she'll hook us up, but she was just very hands-off. She very, Did she ever get you guys out of trouble? No, but she didn't. She, but we didn't. Um, no, she. I, I just think growing up with my mom and dad and growing up in Arkansas, and uh-huh. her having to be responsible for a restaurant, uh, she was just done with it. She just didn't want no more responsibilities. Yeah. And all three of us were really bad. We were like, you know that uh we're just getting in a lot of trouble and so she's just done with it you know she doesn't want the responsibility and she didn't take it and but you know we all turned out okay yeah you guys turned out great (laughs) oh my gosh i want to hear each and every one of you guys like what what you guys are doing now what you guys gone through i mean there's so much yeah so then i remember the um a low point of our lives was uh you know we're involved in gangs and then me my brother and two of my really close friends we got caught doing a drive-by shooting Oh. Yeah, I was I was a driver, and um, and that was the first time I went into juvenile hall, oh. and that, that was the lowest point of my life where you know <clears throat> um, I didn't know where my life was headed, and then my mom came visiting me in juvenile hall, and mm. uh, she came into the the visiting area, and that was the first time that was a that was the saddest time I ever felt because i saw the pain in my mom's eyes you know like her baby so damn now hard, you know and you guys do all this yeah yeah she worked so damn hard to get us here and i just got caught doing a shooting with my brother and he's in yeah. prison because he's uh 18 and we're oh, i was 17 that's the and, worst, uh, worst the thing worst. mom can hear and she was crying i was crying and i knew i knew that i would never want to hurt my mom again like that again ever so that's where i had to start changing my ways making better decisions and um yeah that was a low point in my life my family's life i think we're all starting to kind of go in a bad direction i'm so glad that you because not all i guess like people your age or kids your age really thought that way because some people can't get out of it and they don't change their ways like you do for a you know positive I, i saw how much Somehow that moment, a big part of my moment, like that crossroad moment in my life where I can keep on going down the path I'm uh-huh. going. And next time, you know, I can be the one killed or, yeah, or and I, I said, I never want to hurt my mom again like that because she was like oh. crying and we're both crying, hugging in, in the in the visiting room. And and then I also, I found this book, it's called uh, Embraced by the Light. When mm-hmm. I was in juvie, it was about a lady that had a near-death experience and a real story mm-hmm. and she you know met jesus at the tunnel and then he showed her a tour of heaven gave her a guided tour of heaven how it would be yeah. and she came back and wrote a book about it called embraced by the light and this is true 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 oh. when i was in juvie i found the book no, no true that she experienced yeah it. She, yeah oh, yeah, okay. yeah she definitely experienced it she was on oprah winfrey and stuff so oh, betty wow. j Edie, embraced by the light uh-huh. best book i ever read uh-huh. i think that was the first book i ever read <laughs> 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 well you had a lot of time in juvenile hall so 
you know my my actions right yeah and so after that and seeing my mom so hurt i i took my life in a in in a better direction i wasn't an angel still you know but i mm. i i knew that there was more to life than just the here and now and yeah. the, the 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 neighborhood and my the gang life and drug life and stuff like that good for you good. thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs> good for you <laughs> so so what happened after that was we i got out and me we're, we're kind of hanging out in the neighborhood again and then we're still not angels and and we get kicked out of the housing projects we oh. get kicked out you my, can get my family out. got kicked out of the housing like, project how do you get kicked out of a housing project we got in too much we're doing too much bad stuff we're getting caught for it i think a part oh, of the shooting was part of it shoot. and other stuff we did got so then reported. yeah and we're we're having um uh enemies inside the neighborhood with some of the other people that live there oh so, wow so somehow the authorities said you know what you guys are moving out you guys are moving we're gonna get you section eight so mm -hmm. that means that now they're gonna let us rent a house outside of the housing projects, uh -huh. and they'll pay uh, for some a portion, of it, portion of it, like half that. of it okay. or something. So I think that move saved my family mm -hmm. because now we're out of the housing projects and we're living in the suburbs, Shoreline. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Shoreline. Yeah, I know about Shoreline. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's that started healing our family and bringing us out from the temptation of things. Yeah. And then we're living there, and now we're starting to come back together. And then there was a, we're still on food stamps. Yeah. We're still living on a welfare. We're still getting all the government help. My parents are still working like two or three jobs to make ends meet. Yeah. And then there was a moment that changed the course of my family's life forever. <laughs> what was it? And it was an opportunity to start a catering truck. Oh. So my mom and dad, yeah. This is when the catering truck came this in. This is where the catering <laughs> truck, the mobile catering truck. Yes. And so they were, they found somebody that was selling one. Uh -huh. And my mom came to the family. We had like a family discussion. She yeah. said, hey, there's opportunity to start this business again. I know we messed up during the Chinese restaurant days, mm -hmm. but we're, we're, we got to get out of the system. We got to get out of poverty. Yeah. So my my family decided, well, mainly my mom and dad decided. <laughs> yes. You just guys went along. We're, we're going to start the catering truck. We're going to, we're going to take all of our savings mm -hmm. we're gonna borrow some money we're gonna buy this catering truck i think it was around eighty thousand huh? to buy this catering truck eighty thousand eighty thousand dollars which money we didn't have a lot of that's so crazy because right now you can buy you can buy a business for about eighty thousand yeah so we that's bought the crazy. catering truck for 80. That's but expensive, remember huh? this is this is a big deal because wow we're all, but now when you start a business you you have to show the book you have to show your papers now you don't yeah. get government help anymore yeah so now we don't get section eight yeah we don't get food stamps we don't get social security or not social security welfare mm. and um but we can live off of the money from the catering truck and take care of ourselves yeah so then my family we took chance did it got off the system moved to kent and uh Man, that little catering truck, that's that's the little catering truck that saved our whole family, I tell Aww. you. Yeah, we, we was able to buy a house oh in Kent gosh. at the time. I think it was like 250000 <laughs> Now it's like... You can't buy anything for 250000 <laughs> Now you can't right buy now. nothing for 250000 No, shacks like torn down shacks are selling at $400,000, you know? That's so crazy. Right. So me and then uh, bought the house. But I mean, all the siblings, most at one time or another, worked on the catering truck. Mm -hmm. So it's catering truck hard business is hard though yeah. so you have to wake up like 4 30 5 in the morning wow and you work to about 3 p.m every day monday through friday 
And then when you're not working, you're buying stuff for the next the day for the catering truck. Prepping and, you know, those hours don't stop. And that it wasn't like a where it was right now. Catering trucks are really like hip and cool. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, <laughs> hipsters, cool. are, hipsters are eating on them. They're like weddings are like hiring catering trucks everywhere in their venue outdoors. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, you come and you go get your food. It's super hip and cool right now. Yeah. Back I want to do that right now. <laughs> yeah. You, you'll be good. No, you do too no, much. No, right. I, you need I, to slow down. No, no, you need me. to work on, you need to keep <laughs> work on unforgettable. Stay yeah. there. Yeah. Catering trucks were, well, back then it was not cool. I hated working on the catering truck. Yeah. Because I was 17, 16. Uh -huh. I want to hang out with my friends, you know, go yeah. smoke some weed and <laughs> go chase some girls. But I, my mom had to go. I wake so, me up at five in the morning, go work on the catering truck. That's what boys think You're, about all the time. Just smoke weed, chase girls. At 16, 17, that's no, what you want. I don't that, know. Yeah, man. yeah, that's what you want to do. That's that, so crazy. And then we, uh, so uh, we work on the truck, but hipsters now, they park in one spot, they put it on social media, yeah. a bunch of people show up, they, they, they're they done like at 12 o'clock. They're yeah. selling like $15, $20 plates, right? Yeah. We Our system was different where we had set stops every day mm -hmm. we had like 30 set stops that we stopped at every day same time same place at um like labor jobs though yeah. it couldn't be no office job it had to be people that needed the calories yeah didn't mind like you know kind of greasy food yeah and uh i just hated that job though Aww. you know because it was it was like we're gonna mcdonald's on a truck basically they probably on, kept on. you out of trouble because you didn't have time to get in trouble bingo yeah you know bingo uh, actually a lot of the times a lot of my friends were still selling drugs uh-huh and um, to make money because, mm -hmm. you know, they were still uh, living in the project and stuff with their parents. And I worked on the catering truck. So there that's where I got my money. I didn't have to go sell drugs. There you go. Like they did. So it actually saved me. Actually, it saved me. Smart. It did save you. I did. I to put my kids to work just like that. That little catering truck. <laughs> and um, but, you know, over the years, that truck paid for a, a lot of my siblings' colleges. Yeah. You know, you put them through universities. Uh, paid for some weddings, paid for the, our house. And then we was able to sponsor my sister, Ji Tung, my oldest sister that we left Aww. in Vietnam when Hi, we Jay. left. Hi, Jay. Hi, Jay. <laughs> Shout out to my sister, Ji Tung. Yeah. <laughs> Ji Tung means uh, love, sister love in yeah. Vietnamese because Ji Tung right? means love. Tung. Yeah, she, and she's, she has the biggest heart. Yeah. So we was able to sponsor her family over, her, her husband, three kids. Wow. And then... Um, she has now, a restaurant too. Her, her right. yeah her, her daughter opened a restaurant in Federal Way, a Katsu, Katsu Burger. Yeah, Katsu in Burger Way. in Federal Way, right you guys. Come support. Come support all the. <laughs> Look, all these restaurants hitting up. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my family didn't learn about uh, didn't learn about uh, not opening a <laughs> restaurant because now we have um, a lot. <laughs> yeah, now we have that one. So yeah, so that that little catering truck kind of changed the course of my whole family life. So now, you know, my my family's actually you know we're we're blessed. You know, we're yeah. we're doing good. Did you guys get, do you feel like you working there and your relationship with your parents helped you get closer or was, how was the, you know, what did you gain from it? Yeah, that was a good question. Yeah. I, I loved them days where I worked on the catering truck yeah. with my mom and dad. Um, and you know, the catering truck is an interesting thing where you only can work on with one person at a time. You only okay. need, it's, it's a two person job. So some couple months I'll work on it with my mom, couple months I'll work on it with my dad for, um, we had two shifts so or evening but I remember those were the closest times where me and my mom was kind of selling burgers off the back of the truck. And, mm -hmm. you know, we were backing each other up. And yeah. she asked me what I want to eat. And I'm like, yeah. I want a double bacon cheeseburger with fries, mom. <laughs> and put an egg on it, you know. I and, know. And then we'll sit and just eat. Uh -huh. And, uh, yeah, just be really close. Yeah, think That's about it. You're like, oh, mom. Those are things that you look back on. Yeah, that little catering truck that could. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, all my siblings are good. Yeah. So, let's see. Richie, Wait, yeah. Richie, the youngest, he's, uh, you know, killing it in the social media game, the YouTube game. Yeah. Has, like, over a million subscribers on uh, YouTube and has a really super successful closing line called the Richie Lee Collection right now. Yeah. So, if... Um, and we're going to be interviewing Richie uh, in episode three Yay, I'm of, of his journey, <laughs> you know, and in the roots, right? If yeah. it wasn't from my mom's decision of leaving yeah. Vietnam and almost, you know, dying a few times. And now Richie's getting to bear fruit yeah. of, of that, that yeah. one action, you know, yeah. so roots. So we're going to be interviewing him for that episode. My, my sister, Julie, she's doing mm -hmm. really well. But she works for um, Microsoft. Yeah. What position? Just uh, she's. Uh, I think curious. she's in marketing. Oh, marketing. So she's doing really good on Microsoft. Have a super dope uh, daughter yeah. named Elise. Yeah. And um, I'm thinking she probably Calvin. gained a lot of experience through her younger years about just business in general. So she, I can, I mean, just having that like experience when you're young probably really helped her become a really strong woman right now. Yeah, she's she she. I'm really proud of her. Yeah. She, she went to school to be a social worker because when mm -hmm. we lived in the housing projects. You know, there were some really nice people that came around the housing mm -hmm. project to bless us. Like during Tuesdays, we called them the Tuesday people, right? <laughs> we don't know who they were. There was this man and woman, like uh -huh. this uh, black guy and a white lady. Uh -huh. And they, they picked up all the housing project kids every Tuesday. Aww. And they took us to like a fun activity, you yeah. know, or a dinner. Oh, and we're wow. like, wow, like we get to go to Sizzlers. That's so crazy. They're called the Tuesday <laughs> people. They did it for like a whole year. Aww. And I think they ran out of money and they, they we didn't see what they got. <laughs> you guys just ate too dang we, we much. Just, we ate, we, we used to spend all the money. We did take us to the Piala Fair. Oh, that's so sweet. You know, just nice people like Tuesday that, big people. hearts, right? That we would never experience. Yeah. And then during Christmas time, there'd be people that came around, gave us Christmas presents. Yeah. And we didn't know these people, but they, we got some really dope presents. Yeah, that's so awesome. And so, but, so my sister's seeing that. She wanted to be a social worker, and um, but then she saw how my social workers get paid. So after a couple <laughs> years, you're like, I'm off to Microsoft. <laughs> the struggles. I helped, and now I left, and now I'm going to go somewhere yeah, else. <laughs> I'm going to help myself now. Yeah. And then my brother, John, he's doing really well. Um, he, he's a really successful real estate broker yeah. and, and taking care of his family. And then my sister, Jackie, she's really successful. She works for a big medical medical supply company. She does like their bookkeeping or something, uh -huh. marketing, she, something. She's doing really well. And sister Jitung, you know, she yeah. she's here from here from Vietnam, thriving. Uh -huh. And you know that house that yeah. we bought, my mom bought in Kent. Yeah. She gave it to my sister, Jitung. So now my sister and her family live in there. Uh-huh. You know, so everything kind of came full circle. You guys did so good. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> I'm that's amazing. And I'm not doing so shabby either. So you're you're I'm, doing I'm pretty awesome. Doing uh, I can't wait till you get to the other episodes where I get to learn the do's and don'ts and the how to build an empire and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, some really exciting stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that that wraps up this yeah. episode. Yeah. And next episode is what we get to interview. We're interviewing Richie Lee. Yay! You know the superstar. The, yeah. The, the mover and shaker. You know, I actually looked him up. Um, just to see what I can learn about him. Thank you. I know. Isn't he awesome, Sky? <laughs> He's so awesome. I know. <laughs> but, um, and you know, he, it's so interesting and it makes me even more interested because there's not like, I know all the good things and all that stuff, but I really want to know who Richie Lee is and I'm ready to ask those intimate questions. So Richie, get ready for it. I do want to get a little intimate here because I'm sure everyone else does too. So, um, 
it's gonna be exciting it's gonna be exciting all yeah. right tune in thanks for watching everybody stay in stay tuned